Darian and Darian. <laughs> Casting hour. My name is Darian. It's just me this weekend, mates. It's a goddamn solo show. I'm sorry. I know most of you are already uh, deleting this episode. I don't blame you. I don't want to listen to me either, be honest with you. I'd rather listen to uh, not a crazy guy in his guest room talking to himself for two and a half hours. Um, but it is just me. And that sucks, and I'm sorry. And that's just how it goes down sometimes. Uh, buddy, I think, still at work, Monica, at the hospital with her mom, and, uh, yeah, that's how it goes, so, sorry, they're fine, I think, as far as I know, oh, uh, Monica got stung by some wasps, and, uh, Buddy was here a couple nights ago playing board games with me and some other friends, so, as far as I know, they're both okay, don't know about Monica's mom, my mom is okay, uh, if anybody's interested, I know. <laughs> I know I don't talk about my mom a lot, but I assure you she's fine. She's batshit crazy, but uh, other than that, she's good. Uh, I don't know if anybody noticed, but pretty much all of Northern California is on fire right now, which completely sucks for a lot of reasons, but the worst of which to us here in Reno is that all the smoke blows directly on top of us. Looking out my window, I can see the sun right now for the first time in about five days. It's just been Silent Hill up here in Reno, Nevada, ever since, uh, I don't know, last, uh, I guess Wednesday is when it all, the whole shit started, and it's just been, it's been terrible. Uh, my, my daughter's, uh, birthday had to be rearranged. We were going to take her to the water park. They closed it because the air quality sucked that bad. So thank you very much for that, California. But, how about a bucket of water up there, huh? How about that shit? Let's get let's get real, California. Uh, if you're gonna go shooting out in the woods, uh, take a fire extinguisher with you. And if you're gonna, I don't know, have a campfire, then I don't know. Look out! <laughs> so don't don't start forest fires. God damn it! That's what I'm telling you. All right. Anyway, enough about me and my horse shit. I got a lot to talk about. I got horror news. I got listener mail. I got a very strange movie to get into. I'll do the whole goddamn thing. Let's start it off with a little horror news, you maniacs. You ready for this? For the horror news? I'm not. Yet. But I'm getting there. And I'm ready right now. (laughs) Horror... News. Ooh. 
looks like trailers are already up for Army of Thieves, which is going to be the origin story of Dieter from Army of the Dead. I'm excited for this. Uh, I saw the trailers. They look good. They don't look... It looks more action heisty kind of a thing than... There, there is some mention of zombies in there, but it's not a zombie kind of a deal. It's nothing like uh, Army of the Dead. From what I gather, I could be completely wrong, but I'm excited for this. Love me some Army of the Dead. Love that they're expanding on that particular universe. I've seen that. I've already seen it like six or eight times, Army of the Dead. It's great. I love it. Uh, excited for this one. I don't know that Dieter is the character that I want the backstory on, though. You know what I mean? Um, I think I'm probably more curious about Parker, the helicopter pilot. She was an interesting individual. I'd like to know how she fit into things and where she came from and stuff like that. Dieter's fine. I'm okay with Dieter. Uh, maybe down the road we could find out that Parker lived somehow. I know she had a propeller blade stuck through her. But if we're going to build on this Army of the Dead multiverse, let's not close the door on Parker. That's all I'm saying, Zack Snyder. I feel like there's some meat on those bones. Although the actress uh, Tignataro had zero meat on her bones. But I feel like there's more stuff we could get into there with uh, Parker and stuff. So let's think about that. Uh, something else to think about. Ellen Burstyn. You'll remember her as Reagan's mom in The Exorcist. Uh, she is returning for an Exorcist trilogy headed to Universal Pictures. Now, oh, God. Okay, so we've had, we've had some Exorcist movies and TV shows and uh, other attempts to expand that franchise. Uh, Exorcist, number one, of course, probably one of, if not the best horror film of all time. Exorcist 2... Ay ay ay, not so much my friends. Exorcist 3. Um different. I liked it. I like what they did. Uh from what I understand it's a lot more true. It was directed by William Peter Blatty, who wrote the original uh Exorc the, the Legion, the book that the Exorcist is based on. So theoretically, I think it was more a little bit more true to his original work or one of his works. Um, I don't know where we're going from here, but, uh, uh, god damn, man. Oh, and then we have all those prequels with the, the Skarsgård guy, uh, what is that, Dominion, I think, and other stuff, I, I can't, I don't even remember. I know I've seen it, but I can't really tell you if I liked it or not. I, it couldn't have been that great, because they made the movie, uh, were a couple weeks away from releasing it, and then said, no, 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 let's scrap it, start all over from scratch. Which makes me wonder what was on that original uh, version of the Exorcist prequel. I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment on this. Um, just because she's back and she's a part of it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be any good. Now, I know I sound like a, a pessimistic asshole, and I'm sorry. But, dude, it's been like, what, 40 years now? And uh, we're, 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 bringing, we're trying to kick some life into this thing again? I don't know, dude. I just don't know. You know what else I don't know about? Capcom. They are selling Resident Evil-themed perfumes in Japan. Anybody want <laughs> Anybody want to guess what the fuck these things smell like? I guess, I'd be willing to bet it's not good. Uh, here is rotting corpse smell. Here is Raccoon City sewer smell. Here is uh, Umbrella Corp uh, men's room stall smell. Ah, oh, get out of here, dude. Um, 
I'm sure they smell delightful. Uh, I would assume. I don't think anybody would buy them if they actually stink. But uh, it, it, it's the Japanese, man. You know, they 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 love their uh, weird stuff, I guess, and their themes. You know, you get you they get into a theme over there, and they don't let that shit go for nothing. Hello Kitty is still crazy huge over there, for Christ's sakes. Just saying. Uh, trailers are also up for Sci-Fi's Day of the Dead series. <sighs> Does anybody care anymore? I don't. I watched the trailer. Um, it looks like they're trying to do something. Uh, it, it, I, I, it, I think I'm just done with zombies for a while, man. The Walking Dead kind of killed it for me. It's going to be, from the, the looks of it, the, the effects look pretty good. But it's going to be another Death Clock show. Here's a group of characters. You're going to fall madly in love with them. And one by one, they're going to get picked off and replaced with asshole characters that you're going to hate. And then you're going to have to keep watching because you're going to have to wait and see uh, for the asshole characters to get picked off. Which may take four or five seasons, by the way. Um, I don't know. And plus the Day of the Dead franchise i don't know if you can even call it a franchise this series of day of the dead movies they all suck really except for the first one the first one's all right after that uh day of the dead 2 contagion has nothing to do with anything uh the nick cannon remake that i had to watch for this fucking show oh god don't get me started on that piece of shit um and then uh, oh the one with the joker uh zombie come on man it just I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. I think uh, they're I think they're actually shooting themselves in the foot. Sci-fi is by calling this Day of the Dead. You know what I mean? Because we as horror fans are really the only ones that are going to tune into this, and we've already been stung by the Day of the Dead shit remakes uh, twice now, possibly three times. So I, for one, am not going to bother. I have a feeling most of you aren't either. I don't blame you. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Lastly, it looks like Creepshow Season 3 is headed to uh, Shudder this September. I'm excited for that. <coughs> Excuse me, all the smoke is really getting to me. Uh, is everybody caught up on the Creepshow on Shudder? You should be. They're pretty good. Um, like any anthology, some of them, some episodes are better than others. But, uh, I mean, that goes without saying. Even like Tales from the Crypt. Had some stinkers back in the day, but by and large, it's it's a pretty good show. You know, uh, Greg Nicotero, the K and B effects group, is handling the uh, most of the practical effects, and I think uh, Greg Nic- Nicotero himself has directed a few episodes. It's a pretty good show. All right, um, check it out. It's on Shutter. On top of the regular uh, series, they also have like a Christmas special, a Halloween special, uh, and they do like different styles. You know what I'm saying? Like, most of them are live action, but there's been a couple of animated episodes that are pretty sweet. It's definitely worth checking out. I'm psyched for season three, man. It's coming this September. I'm ready for it. Uh, That's all I got in horror news, motherfuckers. Let's get into some listener mail. See how many dick pics we got this week, huh? (laughs) I'm excited. How long has it been since a female has written or called into this show? At least a year, I'm sure. I'm just saying, ladies, if there are any of you out there, I would love to hear from you. I'm sure you're uh, delightful young women. Listener mail.
Listener mail. Booyah! I got some emails and some voicemails and some other crap. Let's take a look at what we got here. Let's start things off. In Speaking of Northern California, I hope this dude's house is not on fire. Let's get over to Stevie. It's been a while, Steven. Subject line, been a while, as I just said. Hey guys, been quite a bit since I've chimed in. Hope all is well. Hoping Monica's family and personal stuff start getting better. As for the Terra Dome, there is no way Jason beats the Creeper. I agree with you, Steve. I uh, I like Jason, but I think if you just think about like the things that the Creeper can do that Jason can't, and as bad of a bitch as Jason is, he can't ignore physics. All right, if you turn him into a puddle, then he's just a puddle, and that's all there is to it. And I'm sorry, Jason. Uh, as for the terror, there's no way to be on the educating department. I'm going to take a wild guess, but is Darian Terrifier? I am in fact Terrifier, Steve. You did it. The wife will be in your. The wife and I will be in your neck of the woods Labor Day weekend. Have a great week, Steve. Right on, Steve. I'm going to block out uh, at least one day for the Labor Day weekend, and hopefully we can hook up with you and Peggy and have a drink or two, my friend. I may buy you oh, uh, Labor Day weekend. That's a rib cook-off. Steven, I'm taking you and your wife to the rib cook-off. You're going to love it. Come hungry and uh, be prepared to uh, make a mess all over your shirt because that's what happens at the rib cook-off. Uh, let's get over to Sydney, Australia. Here comes team. Subject line, please drink again. <laughs> oh, was it that obvious? Was it that obvious that uh, last week? Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, what happened was, Tim, uh, my wife, and she took the kids and she went to uh, her sister's house to have dinner while Buddy and I stayed here to do the show. And during the break, we broke into a bottle of Jameson and I don't know if you could tell, but the difference between pre-break and post-break, uh, it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, yo, guys. Hope we are okay and well this week, especially Monica. Jesus Christ, stop hurting yourself. Before we start, could I ask that, could I ask you all to get drinking once again? Because last week's episode was hilarious. Buddy drunk is one of my best things I've heard, and I need more of that in my life. <laughs> Uh, well, if he was here, Tim, I would love to get him hammered. Terradome, this is a matchup I would absolutely love to see. I think it would make for an amazing movie. With that being said, I'm taking the Creeper on this. I think the Creeper gets shit on too much for obvious reasons, but as a monster, he kicks ass. I would agree with you as well, Tim. Uh, I mean, let's, let, well, let's not split hairs, though. There's no really getting around Jeepers Creepers 3. That movie was poop, right? Uh, one fucking badass two pretty good still pretty good i thought uh three ah god yuck but from what i understand there's now a reboot in the works and i'm excited to see that and it's not gonna have uh victor salva attached in any way so i'm uh i'm pumped to see where we go with that uh darian you are terrifier low-hanging fruit on that one yeah i know but i was hammered so there you have it (laughs) Fear Street 1978. I dug this one. I think it was the whole campground setting that did it for me, plus the killer looked cool, and the gore was great, and I like the characters. This is my favorite one out of the three, so I'm keen to hear your thoughts. Anyway, that's it for me. Drink up and keep rocking. Much love, Tim. Alrighty. (coughs) Fucking smoke in the air. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay, pardon me. Professionalism. 
Uh, yeah, dude, I would agree with the, uh, the Fear Street assessment. I have not seen 1666. We're going to do that this week for immersion therapy. Uh, I loved, uh, 1978 though, man. That was dope. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I liked it better than, uh, 1994. Um, I like 1994, but I, I, I like the myth though. I like the whole, I like it all. I like the whole, the, the witch, she possesses these kids every so on. And uh, they just re- they assume the identities of these different slashers and they wreak havoc in the town. And I like that. I feel like he's laying it on a little heavy with the haves versus the have-nots. And we got the biggest uh, impacted colon full of that in 1994. Uh, and with the gay stuff. Not that I'm opposed to gay stuff, but god damn, man. We're laying it on a little thick around here, aren't we? All right, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line, hairy armpit buttholes. Now that's something I'm going to go ahead and say no way to that. I'm, armpit butthole, bad. Hairy armpit butthole, no way. No way, especially on a lady. Come on now. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well. I made it in tonight. Best wishes for Monica. Hope she's doing well, healing up, and makes it back to the show soon. Pterodome, Creeper versus Jason. This could be a close match. My vote goes to Jason... As much as I like the Creeper as a monster, the Creeper does regenerate, but has to consume the body parts to do so. And yes, it has wings, but Jason is undead and unkillable. Well, see, that I don't, you're right, but he is incapacitatable there, cowboy. Uh, if you uh, cut his arms and his legs off somehow... That 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 that's about it, as far as I. Unless he can somehow put him put him back on, I don't think he can do that. And even if he could, how's he going to do it? He doesn't have any arms to do it with. Um, as for the creeper flying, Jason has thrown a few weapons, his machete included. Cornfield scene in Fre- Freddy versus Jason, and Jason is relentless. I doubt the creeper would have time to regenerate before Jason hacked even more of it off. Uh, Darian, you mentioned the creep, mentioned the creepy YouTube channel. And I'm curious also when you figure it out, please let us know. I figured it out. Uh, cowboy. It was wildly disappointing. Um, so basically I sat my son. Okay. For those of you that missed last week's show, uh, my son Deacon has been having, uh, nightmares and that's why there hasn't been any new Patreon, uh, uh, pediatric sessions lately is because he's having nightmares and i don't want to make him watch horror movies if he's already having nightmares but uh he claims that the source of these nightmares is a creepy youtube video he couldn't tell me the name of it uh but he said he could find it again if i wanted to see it so i sat down and i watched it and all it is is some annoying fucker uh playing minecraft i watched uh i think about 40 minutes of this and I'm like, what, what exactly is so scary about this, buddy? And he's like, Daddy, watch. Daddy, watch. And then uh, there's like a shadow thing that pops up, but it's all in that stupid 8-bit graphic thing. I don't know what's going on. And the fucking the guy at the corner of the screen is running his mouth the entire fucking time. There is abs- I don't know. I don't, it's apparent maybe it's a generational thing. Uh, I don't know what is scary about that. I asked him, and he's like, it's so creepy. And I'm like, it might be if this guy would shut the hell up, but he does not. So I don't know. There's something he sees in there that bothers him that I don't get. I don't get it at all. I watched the whole goddamn thing. Uh, I wanted to punch the guy that made the video, and I wanted to, uh, I don't know, slap myself for uh, 
not being able to get that 40 minutes back. So there you have it, cowboy. Uh, yeah, some guy playing Minecraft. And that's uh, that's about all there is to it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's figure, let us know. Now to weigh in on the big question from last week. Armpit hair versus leg hair. I think I would go armpit hair as there's easy ways to avoid it, unlike leg hair. I'm with you on that, cowboy. Educate, Darian, you're Art the Clown and Terrifier. Love that fucking movie and had to rewatch it over the weekend. Haha, I'm still waiting for number two to come out and I'll look up the info to share it next week. I did get to check out American Horror Stories. Great show and the chick did look hot in the rubber suit. But I, excuse me, but I could never wear one. By the way, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who heard how excited Buddy was when talking about it last week. Uh, back to the grind. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip. Cowboy. Yeah, he uh, perked right up, man. Buddy's into some weird stuff. I'm not going to speculate, but, you know, like when we made that commercial, he was way too excited to put that ball gag in. I mean, he was like here early. He was asking about the ball gag. Who has the ball gag? Who's bringing the ball gag? Where did the ball gag come from? Would it be okay if he borrowed the ball gag? There was a lot of ball gag talk. And I'm like, dude, it's a 30-second commercial for Patreon. I'm so- I was apologizing. I'm sorry we have to put the ball gag on you. Oh, no, no, no. Not a problem, man. Not a problem at all. I'm happy to help. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> yeah, me thinks thou dost protest too much, perhaps. Or not enough, in this case. All right, we got a voicemail here. I believe this is coming from Salt Lake City and our main man of the paranormal, Mr. Troy. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Troy? Hope you're having fun staying out of this damn heat. Yeah, man. Anyways, Troy. Calling for the Terror Dome. What you got? And some other things. Uh, Terror Dome has been uh, quite of a thought there. It's a battle. It's a huge battle. I've been kind of flipping coins uh-huh. and picking numbers. Tough um, one, right? I kind of came to it just to let the universe make my choice because they're both pretty dominant forces in the horror genre there. Anyway, uh, here it goes. I'm I'm thinking the the creeper will do um, significant damage, but he will be fucked up and go into that... uh, what is that hiding for twenty something years? Yeah, his cold. But also, I can be his flaw too. But if Jason doesn't have the brains or knowledge to figure that out, mm. that research, yeah. so you just have to be one of those things that just happens, unfortunately. So that's the pick. Um, <laughs> I'm I got sure the movie. Um, I went and seen uh, Escape Room too. Oh, how's that? Um, I think my friends were going to have a, a franchise here. It was pretty good. Nice. That was pretty good. I but like the first one. I think we're going to have a franchise like the Final Destination or Paranormal Activity or The Purge. Okay. I'm into it. Um, I went and seen Old. Yeah, what do you think of that? Um, interesting, but the ambiguous ending made me go, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Why? You know, that kind of thing. M. Night Shyamalan um, for you. It's a 50-50 recommendation i guess I'm, okay. I'm not really high on the shamalama ding dong stuff um maybe a couple of movies i still like but i knew what i was getting into jumping into that uh, yeah that mess 
but it, it, it was interesting. Okay. Good, good spin, good whatever and all that. Sure. Um, anyway, I guess that's about it. And I hope you guys stay cool and have a drink for me, all right? You Talk got it, later. Troy. Good hearing from you, pal. Thanks for calling in, my man. You know, I think he – let me just read the transcript. I think he was voting for Jason, right? Or I don't know. He's kind of ambiguous. Um, a couple movies, franchise, Final Destination, one of those things. that just happens, unfortunately. Okay. What is worth fighting for 20 20- – oh, okay. Hold on. Anyway, here we go. Making the creep – thinking the creeper will do significant damage that you will be hooked up if you – whoa. Going to that, but worth fighting for 20-something years. But also, that can be his flaw, too. But Jason doesn't have the brains or knowledge to figure that out. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So, I think he's going with Jason. I'm going to put you down for Jason there, Troy. Uh, I'm not just sure. Hopefully, I got you right. Uh, that's all I got on listener mail, uh, you guys. Thank you very much, Stevie, uh, Tim, Troy, and... Um, that other guy, Cowboy. Your Terradome votes are locked. And uh, I guess I got a movie to get into here. This is gonna be this is gonna be a weird one. <laughs> I think most of you guys have seen this. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little fruity. Here we go. Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. tourist trap where beautiful young people looking for excitement are tricked terrorized trapped Shock, you can see. Terror, you can feel. Heart-stopping suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Crazy's going on at the tourist trap. Yeah, it's The Tourist Trap from uh, 1979. This one got 6.2 stars on IMDb. Rated PG. Written and directed by David Schmoller. Stars Chuck Connors, Jocelyn Jones, and John Van Ness. Um, You've probably seen this one before, inmates. Uh, a, a, a lot of people love this fucking movie. And I don't understand why. Now, I did uh, like a... a review a thorough review of this movie back on the streaming horror society what was that like three four years ago 
And I did it with uh, Dave Z of the Exploding Heads podcast. And he uh, just extolled the virtues of this movie. And I didn't understand any of it. I didn't understand it. I didn't like he's telling me how creepy these mannequins are. And I'm like, they're actually pretty good. Kind of silly looking, really. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a very weird movie. I don't understand. I don't get it. it uh, there's a lot of things that I don't like about this movie. I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I don't get it. Uh, well, let's jump. Let's jump right in. We start off with a broken down vehicle uh, somewhere on a on a dirt road, and uh, it's actually it's not broken. It's just a flat tire. Guy is wheeling the tire back to a gas station that he passed not too far back. Uh, left his pretty hot girlfriend there at the uh, the vehicle. That's mistake number one. But this is a 1979 pseudo slasher, so I'm willing to forgive. Uh, he's wheeling it back. He gets to the gas station. Uh, it's completely abandoned and empty. He goes in. He's like, hey. Anybody going to help me here? I just got to put some air in this tire. Apparently, he had a spare tire. There was just no air in it, so he just needs to air this one up, and then he's good to go. Uh, So he's in there. He's uh, poking around. The place is completely abandoned, mind you. So no, uh, like, like concessions, no cash laying around, probably no gas in the pumps. Looks like there hasn't been anybody there in quite some time. Uh, He gets, like, poking around in a back room, where he finds what appears to be a lady sleeping on a bed. So he's like, hey, excuse me, uh, I need an air compressor. And then he pokes it, and it pops up, and it's an animatronic mannequin. And it starts laughing. (laughs) And then, like, three other animatronic mannequins pop out of closets and windows and things like that. And they all start laughing at him, and he's like, okay, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm going to get up out of here then. Uh, as soon as he goes to leave, the door slams and locks him in there. So he's freaking out now. He's like, ah, shit. Uh, starts like kicking a hole in the door. Once he gets a hole in the door, he reaches through to unlock it from the other side and something grabs his arm. And then out of nowhere, a pipe flies through the, uh, like levitates itself, flies through the air and stabs this guy right in the, the gut, like right in the back of the rib cage there. And he is dead, and that sucks. And this is a very weird way to open a movie, <laughs> to open a horror movie. I, um, I kind of, I get what you're doing. I see what's going on here, and there's a lot of better things that could have happened. But I'll get to that in the end. All right. So now we're going to cut back to the car with the flat tire and the super hot chick that is uh, hanging there in her bikini top, waiting for some help. Uh, apparently they were on a road trip, her and the guy, the guy's name is Woody and her name was, uh, Elise, I believe, right? I I believe it was Elise. Uh, Elise is there and she's like, another car pulls up and she's like, oh, hey, it's you guys. And she, they're like, hey, Elise, what happened to Woody? What happened to your car? And she's like, we got a flat tire. Woody walked it up to the gas station there, uh, to get it, uh, aired up because the fucking asshole didn't put any air in the spare. They're like, okay, well, hop in with us. We'll go pick him up. So he hops, she hops in with their friends. We're going to meet her friends. You have Jerry, who's the only guy, uh, Molly, and Becky. Becky is super hot. She is played by, um, what's her name there? One of the Bond girls. Uh, hold on. 
Just hold on. I'm going to tell you what her name was of the actress. Uh, wasn't Jocelyn Jones. It was um, Tanya Roberts. She was also in, she got naked in the Beastmaster movie. You'll remember that. Uh, she's pretty hot to trot. So we have Molly. Uh, her, it's not Elise. It's Eileen, actually. Eileen, Becky, and Jerry now in this uh, Jeep driving up to go find uh, Woody. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, they only make it so far before their Jeep completely breaks down on the same road. Okay. So they get out, and Jerry's like, oh, shit, the car just stopped. So he pops the hood. He doesn't know anything about cars. The ladies go walking off into the woods. And what they find is a very picturesque waterfall with a pond. So they make the decision to go skinny dipping in the pond. Now, a couple of problems here. Number one, um, don't tell me you're going to go skinny dipping and not show me any boobs. It's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Now, if you if there's not going to be any nudity in, in your movie, then go ahead and put them in bikinis. It's fine. Oh, I'll just run up to the Jeep and get my bikini on, and then you can show them splashing around in the water in their bikinis. Instead, they opted to have them go, quote-unquote, skinny dipping, and we don't get to see nary a nipple in this movie. And I am not okay with that, because these chicks were pretty hot. Well, yeah, they're pretty hot. All three of them are pretty hot, really. Uh, that kind of pissed me off. Anyway, they're in there frolicking and splashing around, having a daisy of a time, butt-naked, uh, down from the woods comes Chuck Connors and he sees all three of them. He's like, Hey ladies, how's it going? He's got a rifle and he's wearing a cowboy hat and some coveralls. And they're like, Oh, hi. Uh, we're all naked. This is kind of awkward. And he's like, you know, I used to charge people 75 cents a day to swim over here, but then they built the freeway and now nobody comes here anymore. And they're all like, yeah, well, can you kind of shove off here? Cause you're getting kind of creepy. Uh, at this point, Jerry decides that he doesn't know fuck all about how to fix this Jeep. So he just starts walking down towards the pond himself. Uh, he meets the ladies halfway. Uh, he's like, Hey, what's going on? He's like, some old guy came and ran us off. And Molly's like, Oh, he was fine. He was nice though. It's no big deal. He was very polite and he didn't see us naked or anything. So all four of them start walking back to the Jeep. And when you know it, Chuck Connors is at the Jeep waiting for him. He's like, well, your lady friends told me you need, you're having some car problems here. I thought maybe I'd stop by and give you a hand. He's like, yeah, it'd be great. I don't know anything about Jeeps. He's like, how about you all hop in my truck and I'll take you back to my place, grab my tools real quick. Don't do that. Never do that. But they do that. They all hop in his car. They take, he takes them back to his place. And this is where we find out, we meet this guy, Chuck Connors. He's playing Mr. Slauson. And... Um, Interesting, interesting cat. He is probably the predecessor to a Captain Spaulding type, but not nearly as uh, colorful, I guess, is what I'm looking for. He has himself a genuine roadside attraction, uh, Slauson's Museum, and it's full of animatronic uh, mannequins, uh, mostly historic and uh, it's very cool. He lets him in there. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, people used to come from far and wide to come see my mannequins. They're pretty cool, aren't they? Look at them. And he's got them all wired up, and he flips a switch, and, like, they do, like, you know, military moves and load their weapons and things like that. It's pretty cool. There's clearly people, like, actors 
playing these mannequins just wearing masks to make them look like mannequins. So I'm I'm with you. I'm with you so far. Uh, mannequins can be creepy, but they go about executing the mannequin action in a very stupid way in this movie, and I'll explain here in a minute. So he's like, yeah, look at all these mannequins. Pretty cool, huh? And, uh, anybody want a soda or anything? And the ladies are like, oh, yeah, very cool. Uh, so, uh, Slauson and Ben hop in the truck. They're going to go back to the Jeep and try to fix it now that they have Slauson's tools. Uh, Eileen is like, hey, we're going to use your phone. He's like, ah, oh, it doesn't work. Don't worry about it. Uh, by the way, ladies, you probably shouldn't leave this, uh, this museum once it gets dark because we have a real problem with coyotes around here and they're pretty dangerous. So like, oh, okay. Yeah, we better not do that. Oh, by the way, there's a giant farmhouse right out this window over here. What's going on over there? Maybe they have a phone. And he's like, oh, uh, no, that place is, is abandoned. It's just this guy, Dave, lives over there. He's, he's a bit of a weirdo, so, you know, don't, don't, I wouldn't go over there. So, like, okay. Again, Slauson says, don't leave the museum once it gets dark. Okay. Away goes uh, Jerry and Slauson up to the Jeep to fix it. This leaves Molly, Eileen, and Becky there at the museum uh, by themselves. So they do some poking around. They hit the switches on a couple of the other mannequins. Uh, there's a general custard mannequin. Uh, I think there was a Doc Holliday mannequin and a uh, Davy Crockett mannequin. And there's one female mannequin that looks suspiciously like Molly. So that's interesting. And we're going to find out later that that is a representation of Slauson's wife who died. And we'll learn more about that as we get into the movie. So it only takes about 10 minutes after uh, the, the guys leave that Eileen gets all antsy in the pantsy. And she's like, this guy is weird. I'm going to go over to that house and see if they have a phone because this is a weirdo. And Molly is like, no, dude, he told us that we should probably stay here and we should probably do that. She doesn't listen. Eileen takes off to the house. So she goes poking around the house. Uh, immediately, she hears voices coming from inside the house. So she goes and looks in the windows, but all she sees is more of these fucking mannequins posed in different conversational settings like they're having tea or crocheting or doing other shit. And she's like, this is fucking weird. If this was me, I would take my chances with the coyotes. Mannequins are creepy as shit, uh, especially an empty house full of them posed in weird uh, like conversational settings and things like that. Fuck no, I'm not going in that house. But she's like, it's weird. I gotta go use the phone. So she creeps into the uh, the window there. She starts walking around. Starts hearing voices from inside the house. Uh, she's like, what's going on? Somebody in here? I don't know. Eventually, a big tall guy pops around the corner, and <sighs> see, here's here's another problem I have with this movie. Um. You have a mannequin-style mask, but you still want your killer to talk, so you've removed the bottom portion of the the mask, i.e. the jaw, and given him kind of a ventriloquist dummy kind of a look, which doesn't look all that scary to me. On top of that, uh, to make him look even less intimidating, you put a bunch of very feminine wigs on the killer, and they, they rotate throughout the movie, um, and, and some weird fishing hats 
It's very, it's very silly. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people love this movie. I apologize if one of you guys do, and I'm pissing you off by shitting on it. I'm trying not to shit on it. I'm just telling you what I didn't like about it. The look of this dude in particular. Um, he looked like a cross-dressing uh, uh, ventriloquist doll, really. And then he gets out, and he's like, Don't you think I'm handsome? He's got this very strange voice. Anyway, uh, he kind of like, roughs up Eileen, sits her down, and then chokes her out using uh, her own handkerchief, which which is tied around her neck like an ascot kind of a thing. And then you see the ends go pulling, like, pulling apart like it's choking her out, and then she dies, and that's it for Eileen. <coughs> so, um, at this point, we could lean into a few possibilities. Uh, there is a killer. Uh, he's some kind of a masked slasher type of a dude. That's fine. Um, how is how did, exactly did he kill Eileen? Because he was oh, like on the other side of the room when she got choked out with her own uh, ascot. So is the place haunted and the ghost did it and they're possessing the mannequins? That would be pretty cool. That would be much cooler than the actual explanation that we're going to get at the end of the movie. So that's pretty nutty. Uh, now we're going to cut back to the um, museum where Molly and uh, Becky are stuffing themselves full of canned Dr. Pepper out of a broken vending machine. Back comes Mr. Slauson. He's like, hey, ladies, uh, what's going on here? And they're like, uh, nothing, man. What's up with you? And he's like, well, uh, uh, Jerry took my truck into town. He's going to see if he can find himself a tow truck, tow your Jeep into town. Uh, I just walked back, so what's going on? Hey, where'd Eileen go, by the way? And they're like, oh, she just uh, wanted to go walk. Well, I told her not to go out there because of the coyotes. God damn it. So they're like, oh, shit, what's going on? I don't know. I'm going to go check the house and see if she went over to the house because there's no way. I really hope she didn't go by the house. That Davy guy's a real weirdo over there. So he leaves again. And to go check the house, see what happened to Eileen. Slauson does. Uh, now, we still have Becky and Molly hanging around the, the museum. At this point, Becky's like, you know what? Fuck this, man. This is too weird. Uh, Eileen's gone. She ain't probably hasn't been back in like a half hour. I don't want Slauson catching her alone. So I think I'm going to haul ass to the house. Molly follows her out. She's like, dude, don't, hey, you probably should not go to the house. It's like, no, I'm going to the house, man. This is fucked up. So away goes Becky. Becky goes creeping around the house. Uh, does the same thing, basically, that Eileen does. She gets in there. Here's all these voices. Whole place is riddled with fucking mannequins. She get it, gets up into, like, a uh, second-floor bedroom. And then a bunch of the mannequins, like, she gets into a tussle with our killer, um kind of gets away from him, but then all the mannequins start, like, bobbing back and forth and singing operatic tunes. Oh, 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 oh. And then they all collapse on her and, I guess, knock her unconscious, which is kind of strange, right? That I mean, how much could these mannequins weigh? Not that much, I don't know, but uh, five or six of them fall on her and she gets knocked out. <coughs> Then our killer comes to and takes her downstairs to the basement, uh, chains her up to uh, the staircase, where we also see that he also has Jerry chained up. So Jerry is there, uh, Becky is there, chained up in the basement, 
And here comes a fourth young lady that we are about to meet for the first time. Another decently attractive uh, young lady by the name of Tina. Now, Tina is chained up on a operating style table. Like she's about to have major surgery, but she's all chained down and strapped down. Here comes our killer again. Uh, he's got on the, he's, this time he's wearing a tuxedo and he's got the same mannequin mask on, but now his wig is like this big Elvis Presley pompadour thing. Uh, he comes down and he's like, aren't I handsome? Don't I look good? It's time for a party. <coughs> Every time I do that stupid voice, it's given me like a dry gulch. I'm sorry. Oh, God, this fucking smoke is no joke, man. Uh, anyway, uh, he gets down there and he starts fucking with these guys. Um, he drops a key and Jerry or no, actually, that's later. Jerry is tied up, but he's tied up using shoestrings. And every time the killer turns his back, Jerry like feverishly starts gnawing at the shoestrings. So that's pretty cool. Um, eventually, the killer goes and starts like harassing Tina. And he's like, you're going to die tonight. And then he put, starts putting plaster on her face. And he's like, this plaster is cool, but soon it will start to burn. This is the last thing you'll ever see. Your world is darkness now. And then he puts the plaster over her nose and mouth and her eyes. And then she, uh, I guess, suffocates. And that, unfortunately, my friends, is the last we will ever see of Tina. Uh... From there, he, like, I, I guess the point of the plaster was to make some kind of a likeness of Tina and possibly, I don't know, uh, make her a mannequin or make a mannequin out. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. But um, he's, like, painting the plaster and he's telling uh, Jerry and um, Becky, like, oh, my brother makes me wear a mask because I'm so handsome. He's afraid his wife will be attracted to me. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what I'm sure that's. Yeah, it makes a, that makes a lot of sense there, hot stuff. Um, while he's having this conversation, Jerry finally gnaws through his ropes and attacks the killer. They fight, 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 fight. Uh, Jerry gets knocked out again, and this time he gets handcuffed to the, uh, the stairs. But uh, the killer drops the key to the handcuffs and goes back to painting. Uh, Jerry manages to get like a foot on the key, but then the key magically slides across the room all by itself. And this is where we find out, my friends, that the killer is in fact Jean Grey of the X-Men. Boy, did she get fucked up. <laughs> it's not Jean Grey, but this guy does apparently have superhuman telekinetic powers and he that's that's going to be our big explanation right right now so he's doing all this animatronic crap with his mind because he's a powerful tele, telekinetic and a bit of a psycho and a lonely prick and uh he could probably he's basically magneto really he could probably rob a bank instead he chooses to spend his time um fucking with kids at a abandoned gas station and uh, probably having sex with these mannequins. And to be fair, there was some pretty hot mannequins in there, too. I'm not going to... There's like some very busty, topless ones. Um, I don't know. If, if I had his abilities and like a uh, museum of sex dolls, 
I think I'm set, man. I think uh, <laughs> I think I'm that's that that's all I need. I'll get like a nine to five job, uh, order pizzas, and bang the crap out of these sex uh, animatronic things that I animate with my mind. Oh, they'd be such sluts too. Woo, woo! I think I just uh, stumbled onto some fan fiction there, boys. Erotic. All right. Anyway. So that's the big explanation. This guy is a powerful uh, telekinetic type of a guy. Uh, And that's what he can move shit with his mind and he's controlling all the mannequins. It's great. Uh, Cut back to the uh, gas station or the museum, actually. Uh, Molly is now worried sick. She's like, oh, fuck. She's basically been hanging there at the, uh, the museum by herself with all these creepy fucking mannequins all night. So she's like, Uh, you know what? Uh, I got to get the fuck out of here. So I'm going to roll. She takes off, goes walking out into the woods. She has to go like across this weird rope bridge type of a thing to get to the house. She gets about halfway across and then our killer pops out and he's got a mannequin head and he's like, look at my friend and the, the mouth. (sighs) See, this is, this, this is one of the failures of the movie, in my opinion. Um, all these mannequins talk and sing and do other weird shit, and they basically turn them all into um, um, ventriloquist dummies, really. It's just a big flapping mouth that opens and closes on these things, and it looks really silly. And, like, when they start <laughs> they start singing and doing the operatic things, it's like, bah, bah, bah. I know you can't see what I'm doing, but it looks, it looks very silly. So the killer throws this mannequin head at Molly. She goes running off into the woods. He's chasing her. He's got the same mannequin mask on and another silly feminine wig and that stupid fishing hat. And uh, big cat and mouse thing. Off through the woods they go. While that's going on in the basement, uh, Jerry and uh, Becky get loose. Now, this is like the third time they've gotten loose. So this killer really sucks at subduing people. Uh, eventually, the killer like chases Molly through uh, the uh, woods. She hops a fence. He tries to hop it after her. Uh, she manages to get to a road. She's like, hey, fucking, the, he's right behind me. I got to get in your car. Wouldn't you know, it's Slauson. Well, Slauson's here, and he's rolling up in his truck. He's like, oh, my God, girl, what's going on? She's like, Jerry's gone. Becky's gone. Eileen's gone. I went to look for him. There's a fucking weirdo in a mannequin mask out there uh, chasing me around. I think he's going to kill me if he catches me. So Slauson's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. It's my brother, Davey. Uh, He's a fucking weirdo. He usually stays in the house. That's why I didn't want you guys to go in the house. But uh, I'm really sorry. Let me just run back to the the old uh, museum there. I'm going to turn the radio on because apparently whenever I turn the radio on, uh, Davey will come to the, the museum to listen to the radio. So let me go there. I'll turn the radio on. Then we'll go get the cops. And uh, at least that way we'll know where he is when we get back. So she's like, ah, oh, that's a terrible idea. Fine, let's do it. So they go back to the museum. Uh, Slauson jumps out of the Jeep or the truck and runs into the uh, museum. Molly's outside. He gave her a shotgun. And he's like, if you see Davey, you blast him with this fucking thing. No questions asked. So she's got a shotgun. She's hanging around outside the uh, museum. Up pops Davy the killer with a stupid mannequin mask on. She unloads on him. Both barrels. Boom, boom. 
And he's like, oh, you shot me. Uh, uh. And she's like, I got you now, you punk ass. He's like, oh, you shot me with blanks. <laughs> and she's like, what? <coughs> Excuse me. A uh, little bit of a struggle ensues. She ends up clubbing him with the, the buttstock of the shotgun. That a girl, Molly. Smashes the fucking mannequin mask off him. And wouldn't you know, it's goddamn Slauson. It's Chuck Connor. He was the killer the whole time. And he's just been doing this kind of back and forth thing with his weird uh, accents and his multiple personalities. And apparently he he is the, the one with the telekinetic powers. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you so far. Uh, a little silly, but all right. Uh, so he's like, hey, uh, I'm going to take you to the house here and we're going to see your friends. She, uh, Molly passes out. She collapses of fright or shock or something. So he takes her uh, back to the house, takes her up. He's being a gentleman with Molly. He lays her in bed, puts the uh, the blanket on her. He's like, I'm going to doctor you back to health. I just got to go get my doctoring kit. So he disappears around the, the corner and he comes back and he's got the stupid wig and the hat and another mannequin mask on. And he's like, Ugh. he wheels in a mannequin uh, in a wheelchair and he's like, this is my brother, Davey. And she's like, it's a man. The head rolls off it. And she's like, it's a fucking mannequin, you Looney Tunes. And he's going, no, it's my brother. Dave. I had to kill him. I caught him whoring around with my wife. <coughs> I got a legal right, you know, I got a legal right to kill them both because that's my wife and my brother and they was whoring around. So apparently he killed them both. And that's where we're at. Uh, While that's going on, he goes like she's tied to the bed. She ain't going anywhere. Uh, He goes down to check on Becky and Jerry. They have now escaped and are making their way through the house. Uh, He catches them like as they're hitting the front door. Becky goes hauling ass one way. Jerry goes hauling ass the other way. And Slauson's in the middle going, you can't escape me. Ah! So he takes off after Becky, which is the one that I would go after too. She's pretty hot. Uh, she runs back to the museum. Um, I don't think that she knew that Slauson, and the kill- Slauson was the killer. So that would kind of make sense why she would do that. Uh, excuse me she runs in there and he's like hey what's going on and she's like oh there's a weirdo next door and he's got jerry and he tied us up and he killed this other chick with plaster on her face and then he like slosson animates uh doc holiday and davy crockett and colonel mustard and they get into this big gunfight right there in the middle of the museum apparently using live rounds because they're shooting out like glasses and windows and other blasting hats off of shelves, things like that. Uh, and eventually, uh, one mannequin that's dressed as a Native American, I'm not going to speculate as to who he was supposed to be, throws a knife and it catches Becky right in the back of the head. And she is out of the equation also. Sorry. Uh, back to the house, Slauson goes. He goes up there and he's trying to explain to Molly about how, you know, he really loves his wife and he's sure that she's... Be- Here comes Jerry. Jerry came back. And he's got a, uh, I think it was an axe, a fire axe. Kicks the door in. He's like, God damn it. This part is really stupid and doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, He's like, all right, Molly, get behind me. Let's get out of here right now. And Molly's like, kill him, Jerry, kill him. And Slauson's like, he can't kill me. And then Jerry just freezes. And then Slauson walks up to him and casually removes both of Jerry's arms. 
doesn't rip them out, doesn't cut them off. As if Jerry were a mannequin, he just kind of slowly like rotates it and pops the joint out and drops both of Jerry's arms on the floor. Now, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so am I to believe that that was supposed to be a mannequin in the likeness of Jerry? If so, why go to the trouble of having it kick the fucking door in and try to save Molly? And if not, you can't just remove... So I don't care how telekinetic you are, you can't just remove somebody's arms all nonchalant like that. There'd be blood and shit all over the place. And even if he was in some kind of telekinetic trance or something... Um, I I don't know, but Jerry doesn't budge while he's having his arms removed, and then Slauson just kind of pushes him down, and that's that. And then while he's like giving Molly the one once over, and then in walks uh, the mannequin that looks like uh, Slauson's wife, and all the other man. This is kind of like uh, the end of Maniac a little bit. All the other mannequins like start laughing and cackling at Slauson, and he's like, "Hey, what I." No, I'm 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 running shit here, not you guys. That hey, don't don't you fuck with me. Uh, he's like talking to these mannequins, and then Molly catches him in the back of the neck with a axe and kills uh, Slauson. And then the last scene of the movie is Molly driving the jeep uh, back down the road with all of her friends, which are now mannequins, uh, stuffed in the jeep with her. And that's the end of your movie, there, guys. That's a tourist trap from 1979. I don't understand it. I, uh, it's very silly to me. The score of this movie is very silly. I'm going to see if I can play you a little bit. It sounds like something that belongs in a cartoon kind of a thing. You know, it's like very, uh, kind of a deal. Um, if this is a horror movie, you can't take me that far out of it with that kind of a silly, uh, score. Hold on. Let me see what I can find here. I want to see if I can play this. So here it is. What the hell is this supposed to mean? Is this supposed to be scary? I mean, there is a little bit of a dread. It almost sounds like vaudevillian in a way. I don't know, man. That is a big problem. Because it almost sounds comedic. And that's... Uh, I don't know. It kind of took me out of the the dread, if there is any. It's silly. It's it's. I'm not a big fan of this movie. Um, I think that uh, a lot of things could have been done differently. Mannequins, traditionally, can be creepy as shit. And they missed a golden opportunity here to capitalize on that. Here's, here's what you do with a mannequin, okay? We saw this in uh, Lights Out. Uh, we saw a little bit of it in, um, uh, like the shining. It was kind of alluded to, you take the mannequin, right? You put it at the end of a hallway and then you, you walk down the, you say, Oh, that's a mannequin at the end of the hallway. That's pretty creepy. And you turn around and now the mannequin's a little bit closer to you, or maybe it's posed differently or something like that. And you're like, wait a minute. All right. I probably just didn't notice. And then you turn around and you look and now it's like right up on your shit. That is scary as fuck. This uh, ventriloquist dummy cackling stuff, it's silly, man. It's its silly. I don't understand um, why this movie is such a 
respect respected movie in the horror community. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just I just watched it at the wrong time, and maybe it was terrifying to people when they when they were kids. Um, it doesn't hold up if you ask me. I'm sorry if I uh, didn't like this movie and you did. I would love to hear uh, somebody else's defense of it because it's not my jam, I guess. Uh, it is streaming on Shutter, though, if anybody wants to check it out. Uh, I believe there's a Joe Bob Briggs uh, commentary with it also if you want to listen in on that. In the meantime, my friends, I'm going to take myself a little break and I will come back with some other stuff. Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. I saw you walk 
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. Um, should I ever find myself accosted by a room of um, possibly malicious or evil mannequins, I got a real quick solution. It's called gasoline and a match. They're made out of uh, usually pressed cardboard or some kind of other plywood. Burn those fucking things up in no time. Highly flammable, I'd be willing to bet. And even if like one of them was particularly creepy, I just pick it up and throw it. It's a fucking mannequin, you know? Those like the mannequins in Tourist Trap were not that scary. And especially when they started singing and with the the mouse, it made it made it even less scary. I'm not worried about mannequins at all. Um uh, they're creepy when they pop out at you or when they move when they're not supposed to, but like there's a difference between creepy and threatening. And they were not threatening. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, that being said, now on the other hand, if uh, like I said, if we made like an adult version of this, a porno parody of Tourist Trap, and we replaced all the mannequins with sex dolls, uh, but <laughs> but only only guy sex dolls. Okay. Now I'm terrified. <laughs> now I got to get the fuck out of here as fast as I can. Because a mannequin is one thing, but a mannequin staring at me with a huge boner, no good. No good at all, my friends. All right. You guys ready to get into this week's Terror Dome? I think I am. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. To the Terradome. Let's start it off with last week's winner, shall we? Uh, in the Asylum Conference round eight, excuse me, seven, we had The Creeper versus Jason Voorhees. I should have picked a better song. The waters of Crystal Lake were silent and still again. The creature had gotten what it wanted and flown off into the night with Derry screaming. Anyone and everything that came between it and its prey was shown little regard, including the rotting husk of Jason Voorhees, now floating face down and in several pieces along the lake shore. 
Your winner with a vote of six to four is the Creeper. I kind of saw that one coming. I was quietly rooting for the Creeper on that one also. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? Oh, where are we at here? Let's see. Ah, in the Asylum Conference Round 8, Lori thought that leaving Haddonfield would allow her a fresh start. A new town, a new family, a new identity. Michael was dead. The nightmare was over. Starting high school in Springwood, she finds a new threat. Something less violent, but equally as deadly. A rash of students dying in their sleep. Local law enforcement is quick to blame the pandemic on the usual suspects. Drug experimentation, teen suicide, and the social pressures of being a high school student. But in the whispered conversations throughout the Springwood High hallways, Lori overhears the Thompson girl tell the tale of a long-dead child murderer and the parents that chose to take the law into their own hands. How Freddy Krueger had returned to dr- the dreams of the Elm Street children to take his revenge. Two states away, Dr. Loomis receives even more cryptic news. The body of Michael Myers had gone missing from the Haddonfield coroner's office. Singles competition, we have Freddy Krueger versus Michael Myers. Now, this one is a bit more difficult, inmates. Um, And it's going to pain me to vote the way that I'm going to vote because I definitely like like one of these guys more than the other. But uh, the problem is that there is a decisive and clear advantage on one side. I'm going to have to vote for Freddy Krueger, and the reason is that Michael Myers can be sedated. He's been sedated before. He can go to sleep. And if you can go to sleep, you can be killed by Freddy Krueger. I would have to assume. Now, there is a counter-argument to be made that if Michael Myers does, in fact, sleep, his dreams are going to be like so fucking twisted and warped that... Even Freddie may not be able to handle that. Uh, I'm going to have to stick to my guns on this one and go with Freddie. Um, there's also that I don't think we've ever actually gotten like a real supernatural tie into Michael Myers. We do have one to Freddie. Freddie's dead. We found out he was some kind of a sleep demon or something like that. So, I mean, be other than being tough as as hell and possibly possibly immortal. I don't think Michael Myers is really anything more than just a really scary dude in a mask. Persistent, psycho, for sure, but still just a dude in a mask. I'm taking Freddy Krueger on that one. Get me your votes by next week, inmates, if you have time. Mental Health Hotline, of course, is area code 775-387-0275. Or the regular old email, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you're considering that matchup, I'm going to take a moment to tell you what movies I got to watch this week. What are you looking at? So last week, you'll remember I told you that for my birthday, I got the Phantasm box set complete with the replica Sentinel Ball, which is badass. Um, So I've been quietly working my way through the entire franchise. I watched Phantasm from 1979. Um, Pretty, pretty, pretty dope. Pretty badass. I like the first one. The first one's good. Um, Watching it. 
what like going through the whole thing back to back to back to back what's up with don coscarelli um <laughs> like i'm not accusing him of of anything but like the the relationship between mike and reggie uh it's uh i don't know it's a little suspect right i don't know i'm not saying it's a gay thing or Anything like that. It's just a little... Okay, Mike's parents got killed, and then at the end of Phantasm, you realize that his brother got killed also. So Reggie, the uh, ice cream man, uh, just decides that he's going to he's gonna move into the house and just start being Mike's new older brother. That's weird, man. That's a little strange. You would think that... Uh, I think Mike was supposed to be about 13 years old at the at the end of the first movie, uh, you think there'd be like an ant? There was a mention of an ant at one point. Uh, so I don't know, dude. It's, it's a little weird, and it gets even weirder as the movies go on. Phantasm Two from 1988. Uh, this is I, th- I think this is probably my favorite Phantasm movie, and it's not just because James Legros. Um, I like James Legros. He's probably a better actor than Michael Baldwin, but. He's not Michael Baldwin, and that's a bit of a problem because, you know, I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to lock in these two characters, actually three characters for the entire franchise, you can't just be swapping them out with other actors. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I prefer James LaGrosse to Michael Baldwin, but that's a, that's a whole thing. Um, also, another thing I found throughout this franchise is that it is riddled with inconsistencies. This is the first one that kind of pissed me off. At the end of Phantasm 2, Reggie takes his famous four-barreled shotgun and throws it down the stairs at the mortuary uh, at some of the dwarf things, which we find out later are actually called lurkers. Uh, I've always just referred to them as dwarf monks, but they're actually called lurkers. Uh, And when we get to Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead... It picks up almost immediately where Phantasm 2 left off, except that the shotgun is now in the trunk of the Hemikuda. Hemikuda, whatever you call that car. That's a badass car, by the way. And another thing is that in between Phantasm 2 and 3, the Hemikuda became a convertible somehow. Don't know how that fucking happened, especially since it literally picks up right where Phantasm 2 left off. So that takes me to Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead from 1994. Um, and again, I have to ask, what's up with Don Coscarelli? <laughs> I love, I love Don Coscarelli and I'm not accusing him of anything. Um, so a little, little snippet here that you might not know is that in Phantasm 2, uh, which was a major studio production, one of the notes that, uh, Coscarelli got was that Michael had to have a female love interest. I can think I understand why, uh, and thus the character of Liz, was introduced in Phantasm 2. Um, they, she had like this weird telepathic link with Michael and they were in and out of each other's dreams until they eventually hooked up and made out and then some shit went down with the tall man. And they were on the, they were escaping at the end of Phantasm 2. It looked like Reggie was going to die or do, was in the process of dying. And those two were taking off in the hearse and then kicked to uh, the start of Phantasm 3 Liz gets decapitated in the in a fiery explosion. So <clears throat> again, I have to ask, what's up with Don Coscarelli? And what 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, why does he not want either one of these dudes to get laid ever? I guess is what's going on. Is, is, is there a gay thing? I don't know. Maybe it is a, a, a weird thing. I mean, at this point in the franchise, the character of Michael, at least, is of age. So if they want to be gay, if Michael and Reggie want to be gay, I'm all for it. it I wish that, you know, that it wasn't so weird, uh, Reggie hanging around Mike when he was a kid. But uh, uh, why can't why can't uh, uh, we have a female in here? But in Phantasm 3, we have, and this is another wild inconsistency, another female character, African-American lady by the name of Rocky. Uh, there is, there is some boobs. There's like a weird half-assed dream sex scene. Um, at the end of Phantasm 3, uh, Michael kind of halfway gets possessed by the tall, well, he gets the balls in his eye. It's a weird thing. Uh, but he kind of walks off, uh, Reggie and this kid named Tim that he picks up in Phantasm 3 are like, Hey, we're going to go try to find out where Mike's going and, and see if we can help him. Rocky, the African-American, who survived Phantas- the events of Phantasm 3, uh, takes off in the Hemikuta. Cut to Phantasm 4, Oblivion, from 1998. Reggie, okay, so Reggie and the kid go back into the, the mortuary. Reggie gets pinned to the wall by the Sentinels. Uh, the kid is, like, trying to figure out a way to get him out, and then the door closes, and... Uh, the tall man goes, boy, and then cut to uh, Phantasm Four: Oblivion. Tim, the kid, is just nowhere to be seen, and somehow the Hemikuda is still parked outside of the uh, 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 mortuary. Did uh, Now, it would be one thing if this was like a Hellraiser situation where different studios were buying the rights to these movies, and you know th- it's not really a Hellraiser movie. They just have to make one to maintain their contract or whatever. But these are all written and directed by the same guy. How does he not know how the previous movie ended? You know what I mean? Or where certain items are in the franchise. He wrote it. He directed it. What's up with Don Coscarelli? I have to ask. And again, I'm not shitting on the Phantasm movies. And I'm not shitting on Don Coscarelli. He's been on this show before, for Christ's sakes. Uh, Bubba Hotep was great. Despite uh, me bringing these small small quandaries to light. I still like the Phantasm movies. I I'm it I got to be honest with you. I don't think I'm going to I don't think I can bring myself to watch uh Ravager cuz that is really <laughs> not a, it is not a good movie. It doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. Uh they really turned it up with the bargain basement CGI on that one and I don't I don't know if I want to uh, get into that. But anyway, that's all I'm looking at. I watched, uh, one, two, three, and four of the fan phantasm franchise. Uh, how about some immersion therapy then? Yeah. Immersion therapy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Fear Street, 1978, dude. So far, uh, quite a bit better than uh, the original Fear Street, if you ask me. I love the the multiple slasher aspect. I love the mythos that he's building up with these. Um, you know, the multiple... The witch comes back every couple years and takes over a new kid, and they become a new slasher. It's very mixtape massacre-esque. 
And I dig that, man. I like it a lot. Um, summer camp. Perfect place for a slasher attack. Uh, how many slasher movies have we seen take place in a... How many franchises have jumped off in a summer camp? Uh, Friday the 13th. Sleepaway Camp. Bloody Murder. Uh, probably a bunch... There's just scores of them and not even franchise horror movies, just standalones also. It's perfect, man. It's perfect. And then you get back to the 70s. <coughs> you got kids uh, smoking weed in the woods, having premarital sex. It's 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 like a perfect setting, man. I love it. And then we got Mad Max from uh, Stranger Things, season two in there. She is uh, growing up to be quite an attractive young lady, if you ask me. And uh, I'm not usually into redheads or freckles, but I'm going to tell you, I think she's going to give her another couple years, I think. She's really going to be something. So it goes without saying, inmates, that your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Fear Street 1666. Can't wait to jump into this one. Hope you'll join me, and we will compare notes next week. But first, we have to educate me and or Miss Monica, sort of, in a roundabout way. Educating Miss Monica. Who was I last week, you ask? Let's take a look at those clues. It's Halloween night. You just got done at uh, a pretty cool kick-ass Halloween party, and you stopped off at the local diner. This handsome devil rolls in behind you. You can't help yourself. You gotta take a selfie with him. Don't go into that warehouse next door or one of you two hotties might end up getting a bone tomahawked. I, of course, am Terrifier from 2016, I think. Uh, Great show. We've been promised a sequel. Uh, They've been talking about it for quite a while. I've got to track down uh, those All Hallows Eve movies, which were the first appearances of Art the Clown. I don't know if you guys have seen those. They're anthology pieces, and Art the Clown was just kind of the wraparound kind of a character, but uh, he got into some shit also, so I think those are worth talking about, if nothing else. Who might I be this week, you ask? Interesting question. Well, it's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. The snow is falling. The Christmas trees are up. People are doing their last-minute shopping, and I am stuck at a goddamn office Christmas party that I don't want to be at. I don't like anybody here. I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Wouldn't you know, I get uh, abducted by a fucking security guard, and now I am stuck in in my place of business in the structure that is kind of just underneath it. And he's going to, him and his dog are going to chase me around all night long. He put me in this very low cut. I'm, by the way, I'm a very buxom young lady and I am running up and down uh, ramps all night long trying to get away from the sicko in a very low cut, very form fitting, uh, kind of a negligee kind of a number. And uh, yeah, think about that inmates. And I will, I will clue you in on who I am next week. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this weekend, mates. Thank you very much for joining me. Apologies again on the solo show. Uh, we do have a uh, Patreon campaign running, if anybody gives a shit. $5. A $5 donation will get you control of the month of 
uh, October, I suppose. Um, that's also going to get you a shirt and a trout, a padded room podcast t-shirt and a coffee mug. Um, yeah, paddedroompodcast.com. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Paddedroompodcast.com is where you find uh, the link to that, along with all of our past episodes, all of our affiliate programs, Horror for Dummies, uh, Cake Wolf, all that shit is on there. Somewhere, you're going to have to go back really far to find Cake Wolf. He hasn't been on in a couple of years. Um, and that's uh, about it. Join us next week for Arachnophobia from 1990, kicking off Spider Month here in the padded room, courtesy of Buddy. It's his birthday. He wants a month full of spider horror movies. I'm going to give it to him, starting with Arachnophobia. Next week, right here in the Padded Room Podcast, for Buddy in Absentia, Monica also in Absentia, fucking spiders, goddamn mannequins with, uh, like, trapdoor jaw things uh, that make them look like ventriloquist dummies and are not actually that scary at all. Uh, hot chicks that should have gotten naked but did not because the movie was rated PG when it didn't have to be. Uh, the Terra Dome, Phantasm, Sentinel Replica Balls, Don Coscarelli, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. <laughs>